Welcome to our back porch. We are so honored that you would choose to join us. We also we just want you to know that we pray for you. We pray that for some of you, you might find a new freedom that you haven't sensed before. Um, and we pray that, that through the Holy Spirit that you might be touched by the words, the message that God has given us for each of these sessions. So uh, we thank you for joining us and we pray that this will be a blessing to you today. So today we're looking at what it means to have um, union with God. And this is a union of intimacy where we truly come to know him, to sense his Holy Spirit and to learn to hear his voice. So intimacy is vital because if you remember a couple sessions ago, we talked about how we are partners with God to complete his mission and his purposes on this earth. But in order to, to do that, to partner with him, we have to have union with him. And so we partner with God through pushing back the darkness and advancing his kingdom here and now and working together with him in union. So in John 17, 11, and also 20 to 23, Jesus prays to the Father on our behalf. And so let's read some of those verses. Verse 11 says, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may become one as we are one. That's the union connection we're talking about today. Verse 20 to 23 says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So it's our union with Christ and union in the body of Christ which shows the world the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why it's so important and key. Verse 22, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So union with God is the epicenter of all the other things that we want in our lives with God. When we are purposeful in pursuing unity with God, we, we gain a higher level of restoration. We have greater victory over our struggles. Um, we have a better realization of our spiritual gifts and callings. It's not about the kind of person that we are or the things that we do. It's not legalism or a set of beliefs that we try to live out. There are believers around the world who are trying really hard but are still lacking the full and abundant life that they so long to have. So the missing piece is union with God. It's not just about scripture memory or church attendance. We do those things because we're cultivating our union with God, because we're consecrating ourselves for greater intimacy with Him. Let me pray. Jesus, we ask you today for those who are hearing this, this word, this message, um, that they would understand the importance of this unity with you, this union with you, Lord. May you set them free from the things of this world that prevent them from having that union with you, Lord, from that partnership with you, that intimacy with you. God, and through that intimacy, would you just um, fulfill your promise that you have given, you've, Jesus has come to give us life and life abundantly. Lord, that's what we long for. We seek you uh, because full life is only in you and with you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So our ultimate goal is vine and branch union. And this is where we truly come to understand that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. The vine and the branch together. And so um, I want to read a familiar passage. It continues 
it's in John chapter 15 and, and speaking of the analogy of the vine and the branch. Um, it says, first one, chapter 15, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Now I have a favorite rose bush um, and uh, I know that for the, it to continue to produce roses, as a rose dies, I need to uh, trim back that branch. Uh, and then on February 14th every year, I cut that rose bush in half. And it always kind of scares me when I look at it. And I, and I think of that as we, as we are listening to Jesus' words that he is the grapevine and that um, we are pruned we are pruned to produce more fruit. We are also pruned to kind of reset who we are. And he does that. He knows what we need and he knows how to prune us. Uh, it says you've already been pruned by the message that I've given you. The, the mere scripture, just getting into the word should pierce our hearts and allow our, our hearts and our minds and our souls and our spirits to be pruned uh, because the message should be directed at us, convicting us of those places uh, that need that. But he goes on to say, remain in me. Uh, in some translations it says abide in me. Abide means to be stable, to be constant in his presence. So remain in me, sit with me, stay here, connected to the vine. Uh, remain in me and I will remain in you. That's a promise. Uh, if we remain in him, he will remain in us. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. And of course, I can't read this passage without picking up a dead branch in my yard. And it says, a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. Um, this branch has no hope of fruitfulness. It has been severed, it cannot, uh, it cannot produce fruit. And that's not who we wanna be. We want to, in, in the big picture of what God has for us in, in, in advancing the kingdom, it is the fruit that he produces in us that will help that to happen. And then he says in verse five, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches, and those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's what we have to go back to. Just repeat that to yourself. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. So the branch, when this branch was connected to the vine, it produced leaves, beautiful green leaves. A branch when connected to the vine is fruitful. It has life, that life flowing Holy Spirit through the vine. It has energy and it has the power to produce. And when the branch is disconnected like this, it will dry up. Um, and the, so the essential nature of our Christian experience for Christ followers is to find that our lives, our very existence is in developing a deeper union uh, with Jesus and with God our Father. And 
what happens when the branch is not connected? When we lose connection, we have no flow of power. We have little or no communication with the Lord, and there's no fruit in our life. Uh, and I, I taught a, a children's musical one year uh, on fruit of the spirit, and we talked about doing a fruit check. And that's very much what this is talking about. We need to assess ourselves um, as what does our connection look like? So let me pray for that. Father, we, uh, I love this analogy that you are the vine and we are the branches. And I pray for all of us, Father, that we would do the things that a gardener would do to cultivate health, to cultivate fruit, flowering, um, to prune as needed, to receive that pruning. I pray that for us, Father, that we will be branches fully connected to the vine with a free flow of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit that you so desire for us to be evident to the world so that we can spread the gospel. And I pray these things in your powerful name, the name of Jesus. Amen. The good news today is that you're not without hope. If you find after your fruit check that you're not as in union with God as you want to be, um, you can restore your union with, with God. And that's kind of what we're gonna talk about today, how to do that. Um, so you're not without hope. Um, God is waiting for, for that. He wants to have union with you. He's just waiting for you to, to turn and come back to him. So um, how, do we, how do we pursue this kind of union with God? Well, Oswald Chambers, Oswald Chambers says, salvation which comes from God means being completely delivered, delivered from the self-life and being placed into perfect union with him. It comes to I surrender all. If you know that song, I surrender all, all to you I freely give. That's where union with God starts. When we make the decision to become a Christ follower, we acknowledge that he makes us a new creation. The scripture says our old nature is crucified with Christ. It is dead and he gives us a new nature, one that is powered by the Holy Spirit living in us and comes through connection and union with Christ. So let's look at Romans 6 verses 7 and 8. It says, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we also live with him. And Galatians 2.20 also says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the practice of cultivating union with God is this, offering everything that we are, spirit, soul, and body, heart, mind, and will, to grow in deeper union and intimacy with God, each day surrendering ourselves to Him. Sometimes throughout the day, you have to re-surrender yourself to Him, moment by moment. And then out of that will flow everything we hope for, freedom from strongholds, power to bring Christ into our situations, clarity and guidance for our mission, integrity, holiness. All of these are fruit, as Cindy was talking about, fruit of a life that is increasingly connected with God, a solid connection of vine and branch. So what gets in the way of our union with God? What disrupts our union with God? The scripture shows us three things. The first is the world. We're not talking about nature or the beauty of the world. We're talking about the world that the fallen man has created um, since Adam and Eve first sinned. And it's a world that has an energy to it, a pace, a value system, a culture that all go against our souls. These things in the world are set against our souls. 
Um, the world's primary assault on our souls and our union with God are generally in two places. It's pace and then it's barrage of content. So it's so easy to get up, get caught up in trying to run at the world's pace. If you wanna be successful in life, if you wanna have that competitive edge, you have to, right? You have to run at the world's pace. You have to be involved in soccer and music lessons and church programs and constant emails and texts all day long, checking it all day long. Um, but this is all done at such an insane pace that it, it's really hard on our souls. And then if you consider the content that we're exposed to and the amount of content that we're exposed to on a daily basis, um, some of the most highly performed activities in our lives, in our daily lives, are watching YouTube and podcasts, the news and social media. Um, our souls just can't keep up with all of that. You know, we, we just become so rattled by all these things that we're exposed to, so much of our time is exposed to, um, that we're no longer rooted. So if we want to fight the impact of the world on our souls, we must detach our, our, ourselves from the ways of the world. Um, and we have to be willing to pay the price. And that's hard. Uh, but union with God is worth the price. So if we look at Romans 12:2. it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So don't be like the world. Don't run at the world's pace. Don't get so encumbered by the world's content. Um, Wendell Berry says, To be sane in a mad time is hard on the brain, but worse on the heart. We definitely are living in a mad time. And so much more important even now for us to cultivate that union. Um, the second thing we find that gets in the way of our union, of that vine and branch union, is the flesh. And I'm not talking about the body. Um, our body, the scripture says, is the temple of the Holy Spirit and we should regard it as that. But that's another lesson for another day uh, the body in itself is not evil, but we're speaking of the flesh and we're speaking of the self-life. Uh, Tanya referred to in Oswald Chambers' quote, so we must be delivered from the self-life. Um, it is the sin nature part of us. Uh, it's the part that we inherited from Adam and Eve, the original sin. Uh, we are born with that. We, we have a sin nature. Uh, and it is the inclination to simply do life in opposition to God, apart from God. And even those of us who are Christ followers and who our desire is to walk with Him and meet with Him every day and hear His voice and be in union, there's still that part of us that wants to do life on our own. Uh, so when we think of the flesh, sometimes we think of sin categories, which could be addictions or uh, a sexual sin. Uh, it could be anger. It could be bitterness. So many things that we've talked about in the, few, the last few weeks. And we've talked about those in terms of making agreements and the enemy building strongholds. But today, that's not what we are talking about. Today, we are talking about beneath all of that is the more common expression of the flesh. It is our assumed independence of God. Um, it's a mentality. Um, sometimes we, we grasp that and we just go with it, but uh, it's an assumed independence of God. And as a Christ follower, we, we um, may feel like we are cultivating union, but then we hit these seasons and those seasons where 
for a while, we shoot up some prayers every day, uh, and then we move into a season where we, uh, we don't pray for weeks. Um, and then there are just times when we don't even check in with God. We have begun that. Um, we are living now in natural, ingrained insistence to do life on our own terms. And so our flesh doesn't want to be interfered with. Um, our pastor preached a week or so ago. Uh, he's in a sermon called Matters of the Heart. And he said in that sermon, we simply just don't want to be told what to do. And so that is our resistance. Um, the standard operating system of our flesh is, the, is learned independence. We train our kids to be independent. We, we, we talk about being strong. Uh, so it is it's an assumption of the flesh. And any time then that God intrudes into our lives, the first thing he encounters is our stubborn resistance to do life with him. He, we want to do life on our own terms. So let me pray for us. Father, we just ask you to forgive us for all of those times that we move into that place of assumed independence. It's those times where we just decide we feel capable, we feel self-sufficient, and we don't even stop to ask. We don't stop to ask for help. We don't stop to ask for guidance because we have moved into a place of living life on our own terms. And so I pray, Lord, that we would together, um, as Tanya said, probably more than once a day, surrender our flesh to you and our will, uh, and that we would gain an understanding of what it's truly like to be in union with you. Um, and I pray these things in your name, Jesus, the most powerful name of all. Amen. So the third thing that disrupts our unity with God that we see in Scripture is the enemy. We do have an enemy. We've talked about that before. And he assaults us in ways that cloud our perception about the living God. Paul says that in our Father we live and move and have our being. God is the reality all around us. Um, but few Christ followers regularly sense his presence in our day-to-day -day lives, um, in our car, in our office, in our homes, as we go about doing different things. We don't really sense God's presence, but he is the reality all around us. And that's how our enemy disrupts our um, unity with God. His battle plan is to create a fog around us, like a veil, so that we're shell-shocked in the midst of this war. And the enemy works to create in us a numbness to the presence of God. And so we just need to cultivate that time where we are pausing in our day to be more aware of the presence of the Lord and to just take a minute to just sit and remember he's there. So let me pray. Lord, help us to be wise to our enemy and how he works against us and how he works against our unity with you. Lord, he is out there like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to disrupt our unity with you. He wants to keep us from knowing and feeling your presence. But by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us to be alert, to stay on guard, to be ready with the truth of your word. Lord, in you we live and move and have our being. May we know your presence all the time. In Jesus' name, amen. 
As Tanya said, there is hope. There's good news. These things are easily dismantled. It takes intention. We talked about intention before. It seems that to stay on, on track, we must be intentional. So the first thing we need is to acknowledge our need for union with Christ. Um, to acknowledge our need for the flow of his power in our lives. And this isn't always easy. And some days we will still think of ourselves as, as self-sufficient and independent. But I love to just be reminding of, of my own mind and heart, apart from him, I can really do nothing. I can do nothing of value. Um, and then we begin to make some simple choices to organize our day, to tune the world out, to crucify the flesh and shut the enemy down. And, and this means, this, is, this might be your hard one, this means we start our day with complete surrender. Um, we get out of bed, we have our coffee, we tell the Lord, I am yours completely. And, and then we yield our calendars. Um, most of us are planners and we yield our calendars, we yield our to-do list. Some of you may have just gasped at that one because I like my to-do list, but, but part of surrendering is to say, yes, as, as it says in Proverbs, you know, uh, the ways of man, uh, but God plans our steps. So we can make all of our plans, but God has a plan for our day. And so we surrender our calendar, we surrender our to-do list, we su surrender our desires. Uh, some days we, uh, we get up and we have a desire for what we want to, uh, to complete or to receive or to do in that day, we surrender that. And then our daily consecration. Consecration means to dedicate. Uh, it is an intentional presentation. So we've surrendered all of these things that I just talked about but now we're going to dedicate ourselves to that plant. Uh, we're going to consecrate that. Uh, I love to, to do this in such a way that I'm consecrating myself, my home. Um, I love to walk through my home and ask the Lord to take it, to make it His, to do with it what He wants. I walk through my home and I pray for my family and ask Him to guide them. I love to walk through my yard and just ask the Lord to use this as he sees fit, not for my own desires and pleasure. And that's consecration. Um, and then we renounce all the ways that we've wandered away from union with God. And all I could write in my notes was, let us count the ways. Um, there are so many ways that we do that, but a lot of times it's like the frog in the kettle. Um, we're just moving along, and like I said earlier, one day we pray, the next day we pray less, the next day we're disconnected, we haven't opened our Bible in a while, um, we haven't been having in-person gatherings, but maybe we just have neglected to, um, to go to church or to, to watch online services. We just slowly begin to disconnect, and, and so we have to go back and find those ways and nurture those places and, and get back in union with Christ. And then we present uh, not only our life, our, our plans, our calendar, our desires, um, we present our giftings 
and our callings. We've talked about this before. Again, it's so important because this is how God created us to be a part of his body to advance the kingdom of God. And so when we, when we present and consecrate and dedicate our giftings and our callings to him, it gives him the freedom to use us in the way that he designed us. Again, it might not fit our to-do list or our calendar, but we want to consecrate that to him and allow him to do that. And it made me think of that sweet book that so many graduates get at this time of year, the Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the Places You'll Go. The thought that we could present ourselves in this way and see the ways that God will use us. I love when you you just love when you have experienced today, you felt like you've given yourself to the Lord. And then you see places where he's spoken, where he's moved in your heart, where he's used you. Um, nothing sweeter than that. So we, uh, we allow him to do that. We cannot do that on our own. Um, so the essential nature of the Christian experience is finding that your actual life, your being, your existence is centered on developing a deeper and deeper union with the actual life, being, and existence of Jesus Christ and his Father. And so my question is, do you have a longing for God's power to be revealed in your life? We often say, I don't feel the power, but that's because our union has been disrupted. And so, um, you can find yourself reconnecting to the vine. You can bring yourself into those places where you heal those uh, places where you have pulled away. So let me close us in prayer. Father, we just simply pray for our union, for our connection. I pray that we would even practice that this week. Just practice surrendering all of those things we've talked about, detaching from the world, facing the enemy, uh, battled, ready for battle, uh, acknowledging that our flesh wants to do things on its own, and then just saying, Lord, here I am. I pray that over us today, Father, complete and total surrender of all we are, of all we desire, of our, all of our plans, our giftings, and our callings. And I pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. So we remind you every week, but if you would like to share a prayer request with us you can do that on our website at m1bc.org or if you have the magnolias first app which is very convenient there is a button there you can share that those are confidential and i promise you we pray over those if you would like to know more about freedom prayer or if you feel like you would like to have um, someone pray with you uh, tanya and i are anxious to do that and would be honored to do that to pray alongside you. Uh, you can email us at freedomprayer at magnoliasfirst.org. Thank you for being with us today. We pray you have a blessed week.